part of what I do at Watermark is just peer into and work with a lot of the churches. So just candidly, the way most um, kind of a secondary campus, the second campus, the third campus, what happens is uh, churches will hide their underperformers uh, over there. That's, that's just kind of the harsh reality of what happens out there in the church uh, ecosystem. And uh, I mean, that didn't happen here. And, and uh, you know, uh, I was talking with Briggs, and he goes, actually, I'm hiding our performers from Dallas, so you guys don't uh, steal them. Uh, so you got, you got to really have, I was a youth pastor growing up, um, it's, you've, got a, you've got a really incredible team uh, of, of men and women here who lead here, and um, you, you, really, you really are blessed. Yeah, you don't, some of you don't, uh, some of you don't know what you have, candidly, and so it's, it's a cold, dark world <laughs> out there. Um, I've seen it, and uh, you guys are really blessed. So, hey, we're super excited uh, to be with you guys tonight. You want to do introduce yourself or yeah. any uh, opening? Yeah. You want me to introduce yeah. you? No. Oh, uh, myself? Yeah. Myself, great. Okay. So, hey, my name is John uh, McGee. And, uh, His name is John McGee. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, married to Pam uh, for probably, uh, 20, 22 years, and uh, we've got four kids, 18, 16, 14, and 12. Boy, girl, boy, girl. And so as we talk about technology and sex and porn and dating, uh, we, are, we are like in the middle of it. This isn't theoretical uh, to us someday. Um, we, are, we are right now in the middle of all of it. And, um, and, and we love it. We've made some colossal errors, uh, you know, at like spectacular. And uh, we've also had some wins that we are really grateful. We just feel like God has been kind and merciful uh, to us. And so excited to share uh, with you, okay? But we love being parents. I love being a dad. Um, I love being with my kids. We're trying to chase down every ballpark in the U.S., and, uh, and we're at 24 of 30, and we, we think this summer we'll finish before our, our son goes off to college. So, um, and, I, and I love having these conversations with him. I love, my, my dad did the best he could uh, before I went out on my first date. <laughs> I mean, this is it. This is all I got. Uh, before I go out, I'm, I'm uh, polishing my car, and he said, hey, John, listen. If you have sex, make sure you wear a condom. Whatever you do, you don't want to get her pregnant. You know, I remember I'm buffing. I'm go, thanks, Dad. I mean, that was that was all he had to offer me. And so I love and being engaged uh, with my kids on this topic, and love that you guys are all here and excited to share. So, uh, next to me is also a really great dad who's super intentional. Yeah, so Scott Kadersha, married to Kristen for 16 years, uh, four boys. So if there are any girl questions, I'm gonna. Just send those to John. And so my kids are 13, 13 year old twins who are in eighth grade, uh, a fifth grader who's 11, and a third grader who's nine. And uh, I think I was telling Tyler before we started tonight, I, you know, typically I spend my time with pre married couples, sometimes with re engaged. And a lot of the stories I tell, I can give recent examples, but some of my best stories of colossal mess ups are from years and years ago. But when it comes to this area of life, I'm giving you live ammunition. Just like John said, these are conversations. My, my twins are, have just hit puberty. And so you can imagine what it's like to have not just one of them, but two who are trying to learn this world. And we're trying to learn as we go along as well. And so the, uh, there's been a lot of uh, very recent live conversations about girls, pornography, dating, and uh, I mean everything that we're going to talk about tonight. And then partly where, where my heart comes in big time on this is uh, I'll almost not, not one-up your story, John, with your dad. My story with my dad was, was uh, hey, wear a condom, and if you get her pregnant and it's a boy, name him after me. And that, that, that was it. That was all I got. Okay, there's no exaggeration. That is, uh, you know, and so I, I was in the world. I found pornography when I was seven years old. 
Uh, didn't know exactly what I was looking at, but I knew I liked it, and then found it again when I was 10, and full-on addicted it as a 10-year-old. And so grew up looking at porn, acted out whatever I saw. Of course, there were no cell phones when I, when I grew up, uh, but, you know, but just full-on addicted to pornography at a young age. And, uh, and it's affected me deeply as an adult, as a husband, as a leader. And so I am, uh, I am super passionate about what we're talking about tonight. And, and, you know, I wish my parents, my parents did the best I think they could. And so they, they did the best. I, I'm not without excuse because I'm, I'm raising my kids in a totally different environment. And so really excited to talk through this. I do want to throw, uh, there's two pictures, if you don't mind, uh, now, just as soon as Jim Bob leaves, I'm asking for pictures. There's the two pictures about, and I'll just use them. So there's two pictures that are after number five. On, uh, there we go. So one of them is, uh, is why this is a big deal. So one of them is, is a picture of a dad with his son, and, uh, and it's preventing conversations from taking place in relationships. Okay, we've all been there when we have the opportunity to engage with somebody, and we choose not to. And then it doesn't just affect our kids, it affects us in marriage. And so the next one, you've got a husband and wife lying down in bed together, fully clothed, so don't worry, you can look at it. And there's a phone in the way. And technology is just messing up relationships all over us, all around us. And so we need to think about it rightly. And so we're going to get the opportunity to talk through a lot of that tonight. So format, we're going to teach through some stuff. Uh, Hand out in front of you, and then we're going to take Q&A probably starting around 7.45, 7.50, and so just to give you an idea of what's coming over the next hour and a half. Testing. We'll dial this in right here. I think I'm okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it a go. Okay. Good. So, um, you know, as, as you should, you, you walked in with some very practical questions. Hey, when do my kids get a cell phone? What apps do I uh, allow on them? Like, what, all, all this kind of stuff, okay, which is which are appropriate questions you need to be asking those. What we thought we'd do is just kind of start with a framework and just some things, I think maybe like some kind of fundamental principles that, that need to inform all of that. And we could come up with several, but these were just a few that we said, I, I think you need to nail this right here uh, before you go talk about uh, some of the specifics. So we'll work through some of those and then we'll get to some of those um, specific topics. So, okay. All right, number one is your kids are sinners. Can I get an amen? All right, so I, I never, uh, never had to teach my kids how to be selfish. I never had to sit. This is interesting to think about. Duncan and Drew as twin boys when they're babies. They're one-year-old, two-year-old. I never had to sit down with them and say, okay, here's how you steal the toy from your brother. Here's how you, you, know, you cock your arm back and, and you punch your brother in the face. I never had to teach them the word mine. Okay, out, of, out of the womb. Those little devils are sinners and monsters, and, uh, and we know that very, very well. And so the way that that plays out is not just when they're kids, but when they get older, it, it, there's absolute proof that they continue to struggle, continue to sin. And so what, what I've learned, what we've learned, and we have a few examples, is our kids know how to find their way around. And so I've got one of my boys who, who's 13, uh, knows more about web browsing, and incognito windows, uh, browsers that he can hide. We've locked down phones. We've locked down computers. And, and he still is able to navigate his way around there. And so they're going to find it. They want to find it. They're going to find it. Uh, on phones, there's actually apps that, that are developed that look like they're really harmless. And so there's one in particular. I don't know the name of it, but, it, but it's got a calculator as the little, uh, the little icon. 
And so you click on, on the calculator icon and it opens up an app that's kind of like Snapchat. And these are things that, that I don't know about, that you don't know about, that our kids know about. It's absolute evidence that they're sinners. They'll find their ways around and there's people that are feeding them those things as well. And so what you're not going to find tonight, you're not going to find a list of all the, you know, here's the top 10 apps that your kids should not have. Because we can, we can give you that list today, but guess what? In a month, it's a totally different list. And so we're going to talk through more principles related to it uh, instead of giving you specifics. And so know that your kids are going to uh, live out their, uh, their sinful side of them will come out when it comes to phone and technology. Love it. So um, I, I think both sin, they're sinful and they're curious would be, would be something else. Okay, Guys, especially if you remember, I have a seminary professor. He said, even if you, if you have any pornography in the house, a junior high boy will find it, including a medical journal, right? He will, he will open up and find uh, a female anatomy picture um, because he is curious, okay? And he is a sinner. And so just, just when we start out here, just, just do you think like you're, you know, you've got this little trophy child that you're investing in and he says thank you and please and you read your Jesus storybook Bible to him. That, that kid is, uh, he is wicked in ways you can't un- even believe. Okay, so when you go, when you're having the conversation, hey, do you think we can trust them? You know, should we give them those apps in the back room? Should we take the trust? The answer is no. Don't trust them. Right? Uh, think about you at, at your worst, and that. Pro- I mean, uh, yeah. If there was a way I could find, sneak, uh, deceive, and get away with it, I would. Okay, and, and your kids, your kids will as well. And I don't care how godly you are, your family is, their friends are. Uh, one of the guys on staff, one of our best friends, uh, man, this guy is like dad extraordinaire. He is an amazing dad. Uh, this kid has grown up at Watermark. He's in an amazing group. And, um, and this kid, a couple years ago, um, you know, dad's following him on Instagram. And it, the, the posts just kind of start to dissipate a little bit. The frequency is going way down. He's like, man, this is weird. And so uh, he does some, he's trying to figure out what's, what's going on. He just knows something as a dad intuitively. And what had happened was that, you know, this little church kid who's a leader in the youth group and uh, will be an, el- this kid will be an elder someday. That's what will happen, okay? He had made a secondary Instagram account so that mom and dad couldn't find it and he could post up stuff uh, for some of his friends and, um, and his girlfriend, okay? And so don't, don't think that your kids are all that, and other, other kids do that stuff, not yours. Your kids will do that stuff, okay? And, and I don't mean to, uh, I don't want you to put any weird suspicion um, in, in your head. Well, actually, I do, okay? Just, <laughs> just assume, just assume in this, uh, don't, don't give them the benefit of the doubt, right? And, uh, and, and some of this stuff, it really would be like, you know, giving a kid a loaded gun and just saying, hey, man, I just trust you. Don't, don't do that, okay? So that's some of it. Any, anything else where we... Before we move on, okay. Um, so the second one is uh, that you personally, okay, when it comes to all things sex, you need to know that sex is a great gift of God, from God, from a God who loves his kids, okay? That sex, sex is a good, right, holy gift that comes from God. And here's, here's, what, I've, here's what I've noticed, um, both in Pam and I's life and friends and watching other parents walk this road, your view of sex has a lot to do with the way you have conversations, okay? And so if, if we see it as we should, as this amazing, this is God's idea, right? God at the beginning of time 
came up with this idea. There's Adam and there was Eve, right? Or there's Adam and then uh, Adam was given a wife, uh, this amazing gift. It was a gift that God gave Adam. It was a woman who owned no clothes. I mean, that's an amazing <laughs> gift to give a man, okay? And he gives, gives, uh, he gives her to him and says, have sex, be fruitful, and multiply, and it was God's idea. Right? And then you have Song of Solomon, among other places, 5-1, right, where they're, they're the couple's having sex and the, the, the crowd's kind of chanting, like, man, eat your fill and drink, O lovers, right? Which is pretty weird to be, like, you know, in, uh, in a room and have a bunch of people outside chanting, um, you know, go get them. It might be some performance uh, issues there. I, I don't know. It's probably, probably a quick chant would be chant. probably over very quickly. Go, 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 like and then they're done, two. maybe. Um, but they're saying, hey, this is right. Like, what's going on in there is good, okay? And so anything other than that is going to skew our ability to have these conversations with our kids. So some ditches could be that this is, like, really gross. Like, sex is bad. It's dirty and gross. We've got a friend. He goes, you know, I was always taught that sex was uh, bad, dirty, and gross, and you should save it for the one you love, you know? And, uh, and that, that's a message that just doesn't uh, resonate with kids, and it skews your ability to kind of... Um, give counsel to help navigate. Conversely, some of us, I mean, if we're dead honest, like it's the, it's the idol in our life that like owns us. And our day is either awesome or terrible based on sex. And it has become something that God never intended it to be. It, is, it has taken a place uh, that was reserved only for him. So if, you're, if, you're, if it's either gross or it's a God, you're out of balance, and you got to get to the place where it's good. And so even, I would just make a call. Some of you guys that have kind of walked through some sexual abuse, I would encourage you, A, for yourself to get some help, B, for your spouse, and C, for your kiddos, right? Get, get some help for you so that you can sit and talk to your kids with, with no shame, with no guilt, and just go, now this is God's territory and domain, and I'm so excited to talk about this with you. That really kind of has to be... Um, the way, the way you, you view it and the way um, you feel about sex. Yeah, and even the way that we talk about our kids, especially as they get older, and so, you know, that we'll talk about age-appropriate conversations along the way. But I, I remember that the, what we're trying to cast a vision with in our kids is uh, I, I think the hardest day of their life as, as teenagers is when they found out that their mom and their dad have been sexually intimate with each other more than three times. And so twins the first time then our 11-year-old, then the 9-year-old. And so, I mean, I think it rocked their world in a, in a way that, you know, I can't even fathom as a 13-year-old. You know, and part of that conversation was, I, I know that sounds kind of weird and gross right now, but, but someday you'll understand that's a really, really great thing. And so we want our kids to have a healthy, right view of sex, and it's got to start with us. We're so awkward about, about talking about it. We don't like to talk about it. We don't you know, we don't talk about it in church. There are words we don't use. I'm so thankful for this church where we're not afraid to talk about things that, that every couple needs to talk about. And so if we're awkward about it, they're going to be awkward about it. And so we have an amazing opportunity. We talk about uh, all things we do is raising disciples. If you heard, if you heard Todd's message in the, um, the Relate series a couple weeks ago when he talked about parenting, the key word for parent was disciple. And so even in the area of sex, we have the opportunity to disciple our kids on having a right view about it. Okay, anything you add on that? You know, I yeah. just, like, even I think the way you talk about sex with your spouse, um, 
I don't have a whole lot of guidance for you, but I think it's appropriate, and you can, uh, with your spouse in front of your kids, talk about that, okay? Uh, I would caution from being like, you know, I don't know. Hey, kids, hurry up and get out of the house because mom's got big plans for me tonight, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> I, and you, I, I think you actually could say that. I don't. I just wouldn't make it like a completely steady diet of it. Um, is every once as our kids get older, we'll kind of mess with them a little bit, you know, and and, and I'll look them in the eye. We just even more awkward. Um, but but I do want like we talk about. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I mean sometimes, you know, mom, mom and I have sex, and the door the door's closed and it's locked. And the visiting hours are over, and uh, we'll let you know when we're ready to talk to you again, you know, and uh, we might be doing our taxes, or we might be doing something else, and, it, and both of those are okay, because it's mom and it's dad, and we love each other, and that's a gift that God's given us, okay, and so, so just know that, and, and it's not, you know, and, and, uh, and, I, and I candidly, I think they're like, yeah, that's helpful, mom and dad, that's helpful, like, I, I need to know that that can happen, and it's not just pornography, and it's not just one-night stands, and you guys, you know, you wound, and you forgive, and you commit, and you love each other. That, that's helpful to see, okay? So now you're going to talk to me about sex. You've got something to say, and you've got a place and a platform on which to have this conversation, so. it's good. Number three is fight the tension between behavior modification and heart transformation, and so the longer I've been doing ministry, the longer I've been a parent, I'm realizing this is not an either-or. It's not either modify your behavior or transform the heart. It's really a both and. And so let me, let me give you an example of that is, you know, my, my twins are 13 right now. And uh, one of them in particular, both of them are, are struggling with, with lust and attraction and these new feelings that are being awakened. And in their pockets, they're holding a device that has, you know, enormous power and a lot of potential. And, uh, and so some of the conversations we're having there as parents is what do we do? What do we do with this phone? You know, what we've locked it down as best we know, we've taken rid of, we've gotten rid of the Safari browser, we have uh, made it so that literally if they want to add an app to this phone, they've got to go to their app store, they request it, I get a message that asks if I approve or deny it. If I approve it, I've got to go to my app store and type in my password. Once that happens, it goes back to their phone and their mom or I need to type in their password for their Apple ID. And so there are, there's probably like three or four checks along the way before they can download an app onto their phone. That, that's great. That's behavior modification. That is us trying to protect them. That's my job as a dad is to protect my children from just going cavalier and doing whatever they want on their phones. At the same time, they are 13 and a half years old. They're in eighth grade. They're about to go to high school next year. In four years, they're gone. Right, they're going to be off in college, and they're not going to need uh, dad's permission to download an app. They're not going to need my password. They're not going to. We're not going to hide their password from them. And so we're in this kind of little situation where we got four years to work with them as best we can. And so I can modify their behavior like crazy, but there comes a time when when behavior modification is not going to work, where their heart has to be transformed. And so I was thinking of uh, Matthew 5, you know, the whole passage, or Matthew 15, 1 through 20. It's this, uh, the whole deal here is that the Pharisees come up to Jesus and they're uh, essentially saying, hey, we're telling on your disciples they're not doing things the right way. They don't wash your hands before eating. And Jesus goes into this uh, just really long dialogue with them and essentially lands in the place of saying, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. 
Jesus is telling them, hey, th- what, what they're doing or what you're doing comes out of the condition of our heart. And so I can tell them to wash their hands before they can eat. But more than anything, we need to be people whose hearts are radically transformed. And so my, my prayers for my kids are, are more along the lines of, God, please get a hold of their hearts. Please protect them from, from all the crap that I saw for years and years and years. God, please, please help them to see their sisters, their, their friends as sisters in Christ, as God's daughters, not as, as a piece of meat to be lusted over or, or to, uh, you know, to crave and desire sexually. And so there are things all along the way. I've got to modify behavior to protect them. That's my job as a dad. But more than anything, I, I'm praying. I'm be- literally, if you ask me what my prayers are for my kids, I'm begging God to change their hearts, begging, them to, begging God to, to help them respect and honor women. And so our job as a parent is not just to modify their behavior, but do everything we can and beg God to transform and change their hearts. And that, that doesn't just come with, we talk, we're going to talk a lot about sex, but that also comes in just what, what are the, the casual conversations and text messages they're having on here. One of, one of my kids plays basketball for the eighth grade team, and on a text with a large group, he said, hey, we lost the game because this other kid, uh, he basically lost the game for us. And that text has nothing to do with sex. It has everything to do with a wicked heart. See, number one, that your kids are sinners. And so we've got to beg and plead with God to change our hearts and along the way modify behavior. That's good. I always like a real interesting tell in my own heart is what am I mad about? Am I mad about what my kid did or am I mad about the condition of their heart that led to that, right? And what's the conversation and the energy that I'm going to start chasing down? Is it, hey, don't send, listen, dude, we don't send those texts. You know, the other parents are going to see that, la da 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 right? Or, hey, you know what? This, this kid... Maybe his jump shot was off. It doesn't matter. He was, he was made in the image of God. And what, when Jesus boiled it all down and he asked two things of us, what were they? Yeah, love God and love others. Okay, bud. Like, listen, that was a miss there. And that's, that's what's more important. Now let's talk about what, what not to do. Okay, but that's, that's it. You don't just, you're not running around trying to tase your kids every time they run up into a little uh, fence and go, and so they go, oh, don't do that. They need to know why. And they need to love God more than anything else. And so, like, technology for my, my, my boys, you know, their video games, I'm like, guys, listen, man, I, I just think you're way more excited to go, you know, shoot some dudes, you know, in Canada on your little, you know, headset thing than you are uh, to read the scriptures or to, uh, you know, be encouraging to your friends. And if that's the case, we're, we're, that all gets boxed up. And we do. Sometimes we box it up. And we talk about how to act online. But that's... My, my job is not to make, is not to produce kids who don't send dumb text. My job is to produce kids. My, I will be held to account for kids who understand God's word and who live it out. That's, that's what discipleship is in Matthew 28. That's what Deuteronomy 6, that's my, that's my description as a dad. As I walk around, we wake up, we sit around the house, and it's just to teach them the commands of God and to help them love God, right, and love others. That, that, that's what I'm on the hook for. That's what you're on the hook for. And we need to protect them, and we need to help them understand uh, tangibly what it looks like. But make sure those, that's where the energies of your heart go, not, I can't believe you did this. Well, let's go, okay, why did my kid do this? This is probably why. And that's, that's the issue, and I'll deal with that. Okay, so that makes sense? It's a harder conversation. It's way easier just to pull your taser out and go, no, right? That's easy. And, um, 
but that's not where the energy of our heart should go, okay? So uh, number four, this is, uh, I put this one on here because this is like very real to me, okay? This is not just one conversation. You are signing up for a lifetime of ongoing conversations. When you have a conversation with your kid about one of these topics, you don't put a period on it, you put a comma because it's just going to keep on going. I'll give you an example of this. We, um, if you guys are familiar with um, the tool uh, called Passport to Purity by Family Life, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, you can do that with your kids before they're ready to date and probably you know anywhere from like 11 to 12, 13, depending on the kid, or even earlier, depending on the kid. And, uh, and, and one, one of the things, and they were just talking about like kissing and dating and things like that. And so uh, I remember with one of my kids, they said, hey, uh, we talked about kissing, how's that going to go down, when is that appropriate, all those kind of things. And we just said, hey, listen, there's not like a biblical mandate right, wrong. Um, you know, if you're asking me, like, I'd stay far away from the, the edge of the cliff as possible, and I don't think you should, um, you should kiss before you get married. It's not a sin, you know, God doesn't love you less. Uh, we don't love you less. I'm just telling you that's my, uh, that's, that's my take. Uh, but how about this? What if we said before you're ready to start kissing whoever it is that you're interested in, we have a conversation? Is that fair? Totally fair. Yeah, Dad got it, right? And that came up like three years later, you know, kind of interested in this girl. I'm like, hey, you remember that conversation? He's like, we didn't talk about that. We didn't, I didn't agree to that. I was like, oh, dude, you agreed to that. You know, mom and I both, we were, we were there, big guy. And, uh, and I really just think he had forgotten. And that, that scene has played out over and over and over. It's both the commitments that we've made uh, and that they've, they've made, we've made, we've, we've kind of stacked hands uh, on, and then also um, just the ongoing check-ins, pornography, what you're looking at uh, online, what you're posting uh, online, how you're spending your time, what movies are you watching, what's, what's in your Netflix history and queue. Like that's ongoing. You don't just have one conversation about media consumption and go, man, I'm, I'm good, right? That's just until the next time. Uh, you're there. So what does that look like? Like for, for me and my boys, um, it's just anytime. Yeah, I'm in the car, not anytime, but oftentimes when I'm in the car with them, um, recently uh, the girls were off to the movie and we we're home having dinner. Hey guys, how are we doing? How are we doing on this? Right? And we've had like definitive drive a stake in the ground conversations before. Dad just needs to check in. Right? And so then um, I'll just talk about this one uh, right now. What happens? You need to decide what happens and how are you going to handle when a kid confesses their mess ups? Right? And what are you going to do? And everything inside of you is going to want to completely freak out and shame them. You're my son. You know better than that. I didn't raise you that way. What are you thinking? Right? That's what, that's what that and way worse is going to want to come out. And you've got to decide right now uh, how you're going to handle that. Because if you do that, do you think they would confess to you again? Heck no. I'll, I, they'll just roll the dice. I'll, I'll get caught or I'll deal with the shame, but I'm not doing that, okay? And the way you handle that is gonna, de is gonna depend or is gonna determine whether you have the right to do that again, right? Would you confess to you based on the way that you handled that, okay? And so, uh, which with my, with my boys, I say, you, I, you will never get my wrath if you confess uh, anything, right? Either like big stuff or little stuff. And, uh, and it came up recently in conversations like, Dad, it's just hard for me to talk because I know you'll get mad. And I was like, oh, hang on. You rewind the tape, big guy, 18 years. Tell me that time that I got mad when you confessed something. He goes, you're right, okay? 
So listen, dude, I don't care what you do, but I'm, I'm your protection uh, right now, and I won't get mad at you. I'll, I'll deal with this stuff with you, um, but I want to create a kind of relationship where uh, you're going to want to confess. I'm going to be your first call, uh, not, uh, not your last. So anything on that, buddy? No, you know, age appropriate. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. What it looks like. Um, I, I would echo what John said about being creating a safe place. Uh, yeah, so many, so many thoughts here. Um, one of my kids has, has struggled repeatedly, and uh, and I've talked about it with community. And the conversation. <laughs> I'm having all the mic trouble. Yeah. It's, it's normally yes. me. It's, it's normally like, John. It's, yeah. this, 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 I'm having a moment. Here's yeah. really fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's what it feels like. Um, so one of them ha- has repeatedly struggled, and uh, and I, I get discouraged. And I think to take John's, I, like, what are people going to think? I'm a, I'm the director of marriage ministry, Watermark Community Church, and my kid struggles, and, and it immediately becomes what is, what does that say about me? And that's what's running through my head. But repeatedly, as my kids have confessed, what what I'm so thankful for, and what my community continually reminds me of is that they keep coming to tell me. I wish we didn't have to have that ongoing conversation, but I want to provide the safest place for my kids to come. Because if they can't come to me, they're not going to go to their small group leader. They're not going to go to their friends. And if they're, I want to be there. I don't want them to go to their classmates, especially when they're in junior high, to talk about these things. I want them to come to, to dad. And so creating that incredibly safe place for them to confess on an ongoing basis. And that will change down the road. I don't expect when they're 22 years old to continue to play that role, but provide a really safe place. And, and that's a conversation for your marriage as well. If you struggle in your marriage, are, are you creating a kind of a marital environment where your spouse can confess and share with you? And so you're doing that in marriage, you're doing that with your kids. And then I think the other thing that's just changed repeatedly over, over the years, what I'd always heard in the past is that we always, uh, the people would use the phrase the sex talk. Hey, I'm going to have the sex talk with my kid. I'm going to have the birds and bees talk with my kid. And it was always referred to as that one conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if things have changed over the years, but it is an ongoing dialogue that, that is age-appropriate. And we'll talk about what you do at the different ages across uh, in a few minutes. We'll get to that. So, Love it. Love it. Number okay. five. So number five, um, prioritize and grow your relationship with your child. Okay? Prioritize and grow your relationship with your child. And so do you need to have conversations about apps? Absolutely. Do you need to talk about filters, dating? Yes, and yes, and yes. And all of that needs to happen in the context of a relationship with your kiddo, okay? And so it's really interesting to me that before God gave uh, the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, he reaffirmed his love for them. Hey, guys, listen, I'm going to give you some rules here in a second, but this is what I want you to know. Man, I love you, and I am for you. Got it? Okay, here, here are the rules. And that's, that's the model that needs to happen um, in, you know, in, in, uh, in our relationships with uh, our kiddos, okay? And so um, a couple thoughts. Um, one, we don't have very long to do this. Uh, by the way, this whole, I just, I'll just inter- interject this now. Uh, the thing that God has just seared uh, in my head recently is this idea of a shot clock. And um, I just picture it above. You guys have seen that commercial, like, what's your number? And it's like ticking above. Everybody's, everybody's walking around with a number above their head. And I just view this shot clock above my kiddos' heads. And uh, from the time they came out, you know, and they were born, the clock started, and it started running down 
really, really fast. And so for me, um, you know, we're, we're like, you know, we're probably six months away from college. And the clock, it times out and goes to zero. That's it. That's all I got for this, this one short window. And so when I was kids, I remember the number of baths I gave was limited and the clock was rolling. I was kind of both grateful and sad uh, about that, right? You know, diapers, like, hey, this is, this is the window. Um, rolling around, you know, one of my little kids would come, my little guys would come and go, Dad, let's wrestle. You know, and I came home. I was tired. Blood sugar was low. I don't want to wrestle. And I just knew, man, at that clock. I would, I would picture that clock, um, you know, above his head. And I'd, he'd rip his shirt off, and I'd rip my shirt off, and we'd, you know, go. And uh, I can't, it's weird for a 14-year-old boy to go, hey, Dad, let's wrestle. You know, I walk in, he goes, what's up? <laughs> that, that's, where, that's where we are uh, with him, okay? So you've got a very, very, very limited time to get, get ready. And so when you don't want to do something, and in this, in this context, when you don't want to have a conversation, and you go, I'll get to that, you just imagine this shot clock above your kiddo's head, and it's running, guys. It is running, and you will be dropping off at college that fast. And God was just giving baths, Right? You guys, are, I mean, you're just the famous line. I went in, uh, you know, I went in to tuck my four-year-old son uh, into bed last night and realized he was 18. You know, I mean, that, it, it happens like that. So take advantage of this. This is a short uh, window. Have a relationship, whatever it means for you. Uh, all your kids are different, and um, I would just prioritize that. Okay, there's lots of stuff you can do. Empty nest, right? Pam and I have got big plans, big, big plans, and they don't involve the kids at all, right? Um, <laughs> But right now, we've got, we've got a window. And so we prioritize time with our kids. And so my oldest daughter, um, the last two, two years, um, she said, hey, Dad, can we go hiking, right? So that's generally after an epic summer trip, and I've got work to do, and it would be really convenient not to. Just without hesitation, yes, absolutely. You know, and she's like, I, I, where do you want to go? I don't know. I don't know great. Hey, I, I got it all. Like, you know, let's take these two days, uh, three days. We'll drive to Colorado. We'll take down a mountain. We'll hang out. We'll eat some good food and we'll come back, you know, and we drive. And sometimes she's super talkative. And sometimes um, we just make a playlist and we just listen and she doesn't, she doesn't want to talk at all. And we go climb a 14er and we're completely gassed and we come home and she doesn't want to, you know, she, that night she's done, we eat pizza and she's, she's done with it. Um, and then we talk about the memories and she falls asleep on the way home, right? And so then when I say, hey, baby, let's talk about dating, right? Let's talk about boys. That, that happens out of a relationship, uh, not out the consultant dad that swoops in with my three points. I got this. Ready? Listen, get your pick. You're not writing this down? Here you go, right? That's my dad. And he loves me and he cares about me. Sometimes he drives me crazy and uh, I don't always agree. But hey, there's no question. This guy, this guy loves me, and he's for me. And I can, I can give you lots of examples so I know that to be true. And so he's kind of got the right to speak into that, whether she can articulate that or not, all right? At 16, she's probably not going to give me uh, too much credit, but she knows. My boys know. So do all of this stuff out of the context of a relationship, okay? And whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like uh, for you, prioritize that, okay? Yeah, that's a combination of the big things. That it's the trips where you go hiking with your daughter yes. for a weekend, Thank and it's also the weekly day-in, day-out Thank things. Thank you. And so super practical. You know, if that's um, – I've done this some, and my friends, some of my friends do this a lot better, that every week – 
they take one of their kids out for breakfast. And so Friday mornings are reserved where I'm doing breakfast with one of my kids. Uh, and it, it really is like contextualize it for what your kid likes, what they enjoy. And so, you know, I love watching college football. If I take one of my two of my kids to go watch college football, that's the greatest way to spend a day ever. For the other two, that's like a punishment. And so find the thing that they enjoy. Do that and be relational with them. And then, uh, you, you know, like one of the, one of the things that I that we love is, is the highlight of every night for, for me and uh, my wife and, and our older kids is we sit down on the couch. We watch an episode of The Office. We cur- we're like cuddled up. I'm going to distance myself we cut, from that, <laughs> that advice. Yeah, we know the bad stuff, and so we'll go past the bad scenes. And, and just that, that relational time where we're just creating memories together. That, if that's all I did as a dad, that would make me a really bad dad. Yeah. But like, that's just building conversations. And we'll even take the bad stuff that's in there, and they become opportunities for us to talk through some things that are appropriate, what's not, you know, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. And so taking the time to build that relationship and then uh, – and then the, the weekends away, the, we, the way that we've done that, we do a few things I think that are really fun to build it. We do, uh, whenever the, the NCAA tournament comes around, every family member in our family has to fill out a bracket. The loser has to do something uh, that we decide upon beforehand that's um, the other five of us enjoy that they don't enjoy as much. But the winner gets to spend a night alone in a hotel with their, with their parents. And so, like, that's something we do. And so they get a, one night to go somewhere fun in town, and we just have a great time together. When they turn uh, 11 or 12 and that puberty, you know, the uh, purity talk, we go away together. Uh, I'll take them away. When they were in kindergarten, I would take them away for a weekend. We've decided when they turn 16, Kristen's going to take them away for a weekend. And so it's the big things and the little things, everything we can do to build that relationship. So good. Yeah. I, just to, I'm so glad you said that because it is, it's not the epic stand on top of a 14er yeah. and like talk about how much you love your kid that, although that's part of it. Um, that same kid, uh, part of our generally every other week, uh, there's a target right across uh, the street from our house. And so we'd walk over there, we'd take a pack of uh, phase 10 uh, cards, and, uh, and she'd, she'd get a Slurpee from the um, little snack bar, and we'd just sit there and play cards. And we'd just play cards. And we'd talk. Sometimes she wanted to talk, sometimes she didn't, and we'd just play cards. And, uh, and I pushed that kid in the backyard till my arms hurt. And, um, and it, wasn't, it wasn't always epic, you know, Disney World adventures. I think it's really, really good, Scott. Really good. It's good. All right. Uh, number six is do something. Okay, we sat down with our IT guy at Watermark a couple days ago and said, hey, if you were us, what would you tell everyone here? And this was the one he came up with right away is do something. The problem is it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Okay, I remember distinctly the first time we got a computer uh, for the family, and we put it in the, um, in the family room, and you, know, you couldn't bring it in your room. But like overwhelmed with how do we block stuff, and what do we do, and how do we monitor it? And I just like, it, it was paralysis by analysis. I could not figure out what to do, and so I just did nothing for a couple of years, which is a terrible decision to make. And so we're fortunate that, uh, that nothing really happened there, but you've got to do something instead of doing nothing. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time right now just talking through some areas where you can practically do something. And I'm going to give you a couple stats just to, to, uh, uh, just to bring you into and what this looks like for, for kids and teens with phone, social media, and sex. And so 86% of teens on social media admit to posting regrets. 
And so they posted something they wish they could take back. I'm surprised that's not higher. 40% of teens have sexual conversations on social media. 25% do with absolute total strangers. 20% of teens have posted or texted nude or semi-nude photos of themselves to someone. Girls send out inappropriate pictures of themselves to be fun or flirty. 70% of girls say they feel pressure from guys to send sexual photos of themselves. And then if you ever see, this, is, uh, this was new to me, I didn't, I didn't know this one. If you see the, 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 uh, the letters SN and that's all it says, anyone know what that means? Send nudes, N-U-D-E-S. And so that's, that's all they're doing. Guys will text a girl and all they say is SN. And so this pressure to send nudes. The average age of first exposure to porn is between 9 and 11. And it's largely by, by what John said, it's curiosity. And so I've heard a word at school. I heard, the word, I heard the word boob at school. I don't know what that means. And so they go home and type that in to the computer. I heard the F word at school. I don't know what that means. And so instead of asking mom or dad, I'm going to type it in. And so it's usually by curiosity, usually by Google search. And then know that no matter what you do to try to protect them, they're not living in a bubble. And so uh, the other thing that the kids will do is well, I can lock down my kid's phone as much as possible, but that does not stop one of their friends from coming up to them and saying, hey, watch this video, and shoving it in their face and showing it to them. And so most parents start to talk to their kids about this somewhere in the ages of 13, 14, 15, and that is way, way, way too late. I'm super encouraged, even in this room, I, you know, I see some friends that have babies that are here, kids that are really young. You are doing this at the right time because you're starting to think ahead about what you need to do as a parent instead of waiting until puberty has hit. That's good. So um, we're going to move to more of the practical stuff. You're going to talk about phones here in a second? Yeah, so let's do it. Let me just say this. Um, so that, that would be the hope is that out of here you kind of do something, right? Uh, if you have no filters on your, your kiddos' phones or a home internet, you do, you do something, okay? You, let, me, let me just give a warning. Uh, like, don't freak out. Uh, some, some, I don't know, 25% of you in here are want to do everything that we talk about tonight plus more and have it all executed, uh, you know, by this time uh, tomorrow, and you're going to completely wear out your spouse, okay? How do I know? Because I'm, I'm married to one of those. And uh, Pam would go to these, like, women's and mom's things, um, you know, and she'd come home with, like, a list of, like, 15 things to do, and I'm reading a book. I'm having a great time. She'd walk in. She'd go, okay, we got to talk because we got to do do, 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 And it was, like, even, like, I remember one time it was, like, we're buying the wrong eggs. <laughs> I was like, how are we buying the wrong eggs? You know, when did this become a thing? And now we're like, we're behind because we're buying the wrong eggs, just all this stuff. And I remember it got to the point where uh, she'd get ready to go to the, one of those uh, women's things. And I'd say, babe, please don't go. Please don't go to that. And I'll give you 50, I will give you $50 if you stay home uh, because you're going to come home and wear me out uh, with a bunch of stuff to do. Okay. So don't be that way. And don't just go, eh, you know, that's just too overwhelming. Well, let's don't, you know, let's just shut down. Um, think about some things. And I just take some notes. Yeah, we either need to do this. This is a conversation we need to have. We're, you know, we've got a five-year-old now, but we need to start getting on the same page around cell phones like that. We probably should start having that conversation uh, right now. And they've got iPads. Okay. Yeah. Our, our five-year-old's got an iPad. What, what do we want to do with that? You know, what, what are some of the rules around that? Okay, so write, write that down. You do want to take, you don't want to be merely hearers, you want to be doers. Uh, so think about what you want to put into action. So, cell phones. Yeah, go for it. Teach us. Yeah. 
Yeah, so John, when when is uh, when's the right time to get your kid <laughs> a phone? Okay, so here, here's here's the, here's the headline on this. Okay, uh, the right time for your kid is the right time for your kid. It's not what everybody else is doing. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant to me in in many regards. I think there's some exceptions, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, but all of our kids uh, got their well, roughly the same. But some of them we pushed uh, back uh, because of just their maturity and the way they built or lost uh, trust. Some of them, we trusted them a little bit earlier. Um, and so you're going to get tremendous amount of pressure. This phrase will be uttered if you haven't heard it yet. All of my friends have a cell phone. All of them do. I'm the only one, like in our whole school, that has done have Really? Like a whole school? Well, in like the, the, the grade I'm in and below, really. Like I could, I could call every parent and send any, well, m- most kids do, right? That's kind of, they'll, they'll start walking it back. But uh, for us, our kids like really were in the last ones. Uh, and uh, they got, the first thing they got was a flip phone. Three of them did. Uh, we let the last one off the hook and they are our, our older Three, do not let us forget it. Um, so they all had to pay their dues with a cell phone because uh, part of it was, hey, this is, this is not just for you to play games and look cool. Like this is a way for us to be able to get a hold of you and for you to communicate. So when you pass that test, then you, then you can have some more uh, you can have some more responsibility, right? And so if we call you and you don't pick up, you, you're not getting a cell phone, you know? Or if, you've, if you went somewhere and we find out that you didn't tell us until uh, two stops later, the, that, that's delayed. So you're building trust with us, right? That's how we handle it. And they literally, they were, they were hiding it in their backpacks. They would never pull it out and let their friends know, you know? And, uh, and I got this call so many times. I'm like, where, where are you? And they go, I'm in a closet on my son. <laughs> we'll let their friends that's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say to that, um, is that you do need to think, so, so don't like some of you are going to be just that hardcore, you know, we're going to be different, um, all of that. And which, which is great. Okay. Uh, do think about the way that this is a, a way kids connect, um, now right or wrong. Okay. And I know, I know you had face-to-face conversations, uh, your grandparents said, and then you got on the phone, which drove your grandparents bananas why don't you just talk to them get off the phone get off the phone right and you're going to have the same reaction to the kids on on text but instead of going to the mall instead of driving themselves somewhere that's the way they connect so you do need to think that through if your kids in a small group and everybody and my my kids phone the kids go to bed so late but my kids we, we bring them all in at the end of the night they sit in the kitchen uh, counter and they go off non-stop and a lot of it is their small groups or their friends, their good, good friends who are saying, hey, will you pray for me about this, right? I'm reading this or I'm learning this. I got this thing going on. And you could cut them out of the loop, okay? So that's just, you, you, there's, um, there's some, some dials that you just, they, they affect each other and they don't, um, uh, it's, not, it's not just black and white. And every kid, every kid is different. That's how I'd handle the first part of that. Yeah, so so much of the, like, uh, <laughs> I love it. Hey, will you pray for this? And this is coming up. Will you, that's not what I see with my kids. It is an endless <laughs> string of, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Have you have you seen the Yo app? Did they have the Yo app? No, they, has anyone seen saying. the Yo app? <laughs> That's all it is. You just send your friend a yo, and it just goes, yo. And so <laughs> there, was a, there was a time it made the rounds in all of our circle, and the, their phones would just sit there and go, yo, 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 yeah. yo. It's, it's so funny. Or like yes. they'll go get one of, one of the kids will take a shower, and he puts his phone on the counter, and that thing goes off like 60 times at the time he's in the shower. And we, we look through it, and it's like, hey, 
I'm at Super Chicks getting dinner. Cool. Cool. <laughs> What'd you get? I'm like, who stinking cares? But it's a big deal, and there's 15 of them, and they all have an opinion on it. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the, uh, we did the same thing as the McGee's. The, the, the sauces, they would go. Yes. Uh, they, they're like, cool. they're clearly the coolest sauce is this. No, it's not. And they're going to have a big, big, uh, big deal. 60, 60 take. Uh, when yeah, what, when, what did, they get, when yeah. did they get their phones? And this is why we're better together, and I need my bride. But I think about 13, I think, is when. And they were on yeah. the... They were on the uh, no, at 12 or 13. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, so I mean, you guys, it starts in fifth grade is when the kids start coming to school with their, with their iPhones. And, you know, one of my fifth graders' friends has the iPhone X, which is, you know, the $1,000 one. And so everyone, they all know what kind of phone everyone else has. Oh, this one has the 8 Plus, and this one has the, you know, the, um, the, the X, and this one has that. They know that about each other. The pressure starts. And then this was interesting, too. I didn't know this was going to happen. When they got to junior high in the first day of seventh grade, all of their teachers tell them to get their phones out and text in a number, and that's how they get reminders on homework. And so there's even pressure coming from their teachers or, or the assumption that everyone in the class has, has a smartphone. And so we did uh, the same route, literally, you know, the whole conversation. Everyone has a phone, and there were five or six of them that we found out that did not. And, uh, and so we got our kids the flip phone, which they loved, much like the McGee's. You know, all their friends are... They've all got the blue text thing going on, and they've got the one green text, and they can't do the group text. <laughs> and, uh, and what I loved is that for one year, uh, our plan was to get them the, you know, an iPhone when they got into high school. For one year, they, they stewarded that, that opportunity really well. They took good care of their phones. There was nothing inappropriate. Uh, the, both of their phones died after about a year, and it's not because they put it under the tire of my car and so I could drive over it. It's because there were pieces of junk that broke after a year. And so we got them the iPhone in eighth grade, and they've been, they've been really, really proud of them for the most part of how they have handled it. And, uh, and, and so the pressure is very real from all their friends. The other things that you got to think through and just super practically is, is where do you keep their phones at night? And so we don't let our kids bring their phone into their bedroom unless the door is open and they're listening to music. One of my kids plays guitar, and so he'll bring his phone in the room, and he'll use it as a tuner and then uh, to play music along with. But it doesn't go behind the bathroom door. It doesn't go into the bedroom with the door closed. They keep their phones in our room at night, and so one of the things we do is we go through all their texts. And again, that's, that's not being an um, overprotective parent. That's being a caring parent who knows that I've given them essentially, I love what John said before, it's like giving them a gun and not, not checking in with them and seeing how they're using it. And so we've got to grow and disciple them. And so when we see things that are questionable that we can parent in, we're going to look at it and then we're going to have a conversation with them. Two different ways you can do it. Some, some families will choose to set up the same Apple ID account on their phone. And that means the parents get all of the texts all day long. I've opted out of getting 4,000 hey's. Hey. Yep. And so uh, another chicks. friend, <laughs> hey, another friend does that, and, uh, and I argue you are a stronger human being than I am. We have chosen to have separate Apple ID accounts for the kids and for me and Kristen, but we, we go through their text uh, every, every single night. My wife, uh, I shouldn't act like I do an amazing job. She does an amazing job. Which is fine. That's what somebody needs yep. to do. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes I will. Uh, I just get worn out from seeing. Hey. Hey. 
That's good. Uh, so cell phone contracts, sometimes that's really helpful. Will they get one of those? Yeah, so we're going to send you, I forgot to say this before, you're going to get a follow-up email probably from Jason or Drew, and one of the things in there will be a really uh, snarky, funny uh, phone contract that says, if you do this, then I get your phone back, or here's some rules for conduct on the phone. And so the cool thing is you can download that, you can modify it however you like. We've done that with our kids, and it's just become a, it's been a really good way for us to, uh, just to come back to the things that we agreed to. And so the, the ultimate rule on there says, hey, we're your parents, we love you, and if we decide to take your phone away from you, we're going to do that. But we don't want to do that. We'd rather create that relationship and have some rules set in place. And so you'll get a soft copy of that so that you can have a, a great conversation tool with your kids. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, just, just, I would just make sure you're cycling. Yeah, there's, we're just not going to cover all this. But just make sure that you're aware of what's going on in their phone. Look at their search history. Um, you know, Instagram, you can, even though you might not, and I wouldn't give a kid, dude, I would not give a kid Safari starting off with. I just would not give them unfiltered internet access. And so guys, you help your wives understand that if you were a 13-year-old boy with unfiltered internet access, what you would have done, okay? Help her, I know she's sweet and all, she, she just, at 13, she was reading her Bible and memorizing verses and praying for the nations. Um, <laughs> And if you had unfiltered internet access, you'd look at some pretty dark stuff. Okay, so help her understand that. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give uh, a kid unfiltered internet access, especially to start. Okay, you can decide when they're 17, 18, those kind of things. Instagram, you know, how are you going to handle that? Um, you can go and look in their searches. And, uh, and, you know, what's your rule on if you delete search history, you know? And, um, and you look on there, hey, bud, I think you deleted something. You lost your phone for X. And I'm not mad at you, but you, you, there was a breach of trust. And so this, we agreed this was, uh, this was the rule. Deleting text. Are they allowed to delete text? If so, what happens? Would you delete a text in junior high? Absolutely you would. Okay? Don't think, don't think they wouldn't. Um, and so uh, just, just have that conversation. How are you going to handle uh, each one of those? We probably, I just looking at the clock, we're not going to have time to go through individual apps uh, a whole lot. But there are some filtering things here, uh, some filtering uh, ideas and um, services, and I would think I, I I think you want some some way to monitor what's going on on your phones, your tablets, and your PCs. Okay, and so we use um, Circle Go, uh, which will install on the home router, and there's also a mobile version. So when your kid unplugs from the router and they're out running around, it's still um, you know it still kind of lets you let you know what they're going. And then you can set their bedtimes. Um, you know, I was actually scrolling through one of my kids' uh, phones uh, two nights ago, and um, and I got the alert: your bedtime is in 15 minutes. I had to go real fast because their internet was about to shut off, and, and so I only had 15 minutes to go through. And so we set their uh, we set their time limits. We get alerts. There's you know all different kind of things you can block. Do just do something. I don't think there is a perfect solution. I really don't. Uh, but I would do something. Uh, again, I just think you need to be involved. I think you need to know what's going on so that you can have conversations now so that when they're 19 and in a dorm room, when their buddy has got porn pulled up on their, uh, on their computer, they've had these conversations already, right? And they've, they've had a loving mom and dad who have walked through. This is what you do when you see that. Uh, this is the conversations you have with your friends when they show you this. Uh, this is what the conversation you have with mom and dad when you go searching for it. Okay, that's that's where you want to end up here, um, but you don't just just cut them unfiltered and let and cut them loose with unfiltered internet access. I think it's a really really bad uh, idea. So anything else? I just it's good. Just that Disney or the the Go. That's uh, it's by Disney. And how many of you 
have that or use that, just raise your hand. I'm just curious. Anyone? Okay, that, that would be a great action item. It's just, and, and actually, on that, um, on your resource page, there's a few things for you to check out. That, that's one that we would recommend checking out is, is uh, Circle by Disney. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, there's one, one other thing real quick. Uh, oh, just so let's just do social media right here while we're here. Yeah. Um, so you want to help your kid not just look at dumb stuff. Uh, I think the ultimate goal is how can they, uh, you know, be a disciple on social media and how can they encourage their friends, you know? And so <laughs> scrolling through and one of my boys was just like, uh, he liked a picture that was making fun of somebody, and it was, I mean, it was funny. It was really funny, and I laughed. And I just like, dude, you can't do that, because now it says your name under this thing, and you're a Christ follower. That's God's son or God's daughter. You can't, do, it's funny. It is. You and I, we can laugh right here and be honest, and un, un, unlike that, okay? Or when's the last time you put something on your feed? My kids don't do a very good job with this, but when's the last time you put something on your feed? This just encourages your friends, right? It isn't about you eating something amazing or going somewhere amazing. It's just, you know what? God's good. I trust him, right? Um, and I'm trying to move. We haven't done that yet. I don't have uh, kids who are just prolific uh, with Bible verses and stuff like that. But that's one, one of the ways I'm trying to move. The social media isn't just to have FOMO uh, or show off. Uh, it can be a, a way to uh, encourage your friends. And so uh, just get involved uh, on that. I'd follow your kids, and, uh, and I'd get in um, you know, under the hood on everything, any social platform that you let them uh, be aware of and know that generally like Twitter and Insta and things like that, they can browse within that. So just because they don't have inst because they don't have internet access, don't think they can't go get out into the cold, dark world out there. So what's the right age for, and a loaded question, yeah. what's the right age for your kids to be on social media? How, were, do, how do you make that decision? You know, uh, they were later than all their friends. How about that? I mean, they're like literally banging the doors down. We're the only, and they were right. We're the only ones not on so Instagram. Like all this stuff's going on, and we don't know about it, you know. And so, okay, great. And we asked them. To, um, our, our youngest daughter, she came and she like, you know, gave us like a well-reasoned argument why she needed Instagram, you know, and like all filled with all kinds of Christianese and Bible verses and stuff. She was working it, and uh, and I said, okay, you know, to the extent that you actually believe everything you just said, uh, you know, uh, you're you're now ready for Instagram, and you'll lose it this fast, you know. And uh, she streamed a, um, she was with her friends, and she streamed a thing. It was a birthday party with a bunch of girls, and they were just being girls, and they were singing, and she streamed it, and she thought it hurt one of her friend's feelings, and so we had to, you know, and which was great. Like, I'm, I'm aware of all that, and we can have that conversation. Turned out that wasn't the case, uh, but she's handled it really, really well. She'll lose it in a second uh, if we need to, so she's almost 13. Yeah, yeah so the age thing there, my, my twins are older than, they're 13 years old. They have not proven themselves trustworthy in a couple areas, and so even though they are older than, than John's youngest, we have said no social media yet until they rebuild trust. And so don't, don't play the game and don't promise your kids when you turn this age, then we will let you have it. It's not an age thing. It's a maturity thing. That's okay. You want to go to talk about porn? Yeah, let's talk about porn. So yeah. a couple of things on, on pornography. I mean, you guys know this, right? It was so different for many of us when we were growing up. I'm, so my world is largely working with um, pre-married guys, newly married guys, struggling husbands, struggling wives, and a few things about pornography. It was really difficult to find when, when most of us were growing up. You had to go to a store, a really seedy store, a video store. 
You had to buy a magazine. It was always on the down low. Maybe it was in uh, somebody's bathroom hidden or parents' bedroom hidden. And so things were different then. Now it is, uh, I heard this years ago, now pornography, three A's. It's available 24-7. I don't have to go anywhere. It's available all the time. It's affordable. All it costs me financially is to type a word into my browser. So it's available, it's affordable, and it's anonymous. You would have no idea. I could be looking at porn right now on my phone, and you would have no idea. And so it is, it is a different day. The other thing that has changed dramatically is that it's not just a men's issue. It's a women's issue uh, now as well. And, and Time Magazine did a fantastic article a couple of years ago, probably about 18 months ago, uh, written from a secular point of view on the effect of pornography on our society. And essentially what they concluded, and it's they're interviewing a bunch of men and women who are in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're sharing their story and the impact of pornography on them. They're not followers of Christ, so there's no moral reason for them to, uh, to talk about porn. But essentially what they found is that, that guys were not able to perform sexually unless they had porn playing. Unless there was a video on a screen, a video on their phone, a magazine in their hands, they were not able to perform sexually. And then women, uh, basically what they did is they, they remember seeing what other women do in pornography. And so they're faking, they're performing because they think they need, if they're going to do sex right, it's got to look like what they saw in pornography. And so when we say pornography is absolutely killing us, it is killing us. If there's 100 couples in re-engage, 99 of them have pornography in some form or fashion in their story. If couples struggle on the pre-married side, the newly married side, it's largely because of porn. And so that whole deal with guys having to bring porn in, women performing, it's the exact opposite of what God has intended. Right? He says, a man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. And then in Matthew 5, 27 through 30, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he's committed adultery with her in his heart. And so what we're seeing is the exact opposite of oneness. Instead of seeing a man and a woman naked and together with, with no shame, they're bringing others in and it's bringing so much pain and heartache into relationships all around us. And so, so what do you do with your kids? They're growing up in a different world than every one of us grew up in. And so that looks like age-appropriate conversations. And so a few things that, that we've told our kids when they, um, uh, like as soon as they're able to communicate, as soon as they know, my boys knew that they had a penis. And, and for girls, when they find out that, that, they, you know, that they have a vagina, we, the words that we use, we use those real words. We don't use, we don't call it a woo-woo or a wee-wee or anything like that. We use the real words. And then we've told them that the only person or the only people who, who see that are mom and dad and your doctor or the nurse. That is it. Nobody else does. And, and if you're at school and somebody asks to see your penis, you tell them no. If somebody shows you their penis, you go tell your teacher, you tell mom and dad, okay, you're not in trouble. And so that's the first thing we told them. Then that doesn't happen as a 13-year-old. That's a conversation we're having with our kids when they're, you know, three, four, five years old, as soon as they're able to comprehend and then to John's point in the beginning, it's not just one, not just one conversation. It's not just you have a penis. If anyone sees it, tell us. Then it becomes as they get older. Hey, if anyone tries to touch it, hey, if uh, uh, you know if somebody shows you something on their phone, and so now we're talking more like nine or ten. And then when they get to to the point of I, I wouldn't wait until puberty hits. 
I'd probably do it a little bit before, right when it's hitting, and having the, the real candid conversations. What's the, what's the lady's name that, um, oh, man, uh, I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, she's got some great videos that train parents. Uh, yeah, Mary Flo Ridley. Thank you. Mary Flo Ridley, you might want to write her name down. I think her stuff might be on Right Now Video, Right Now Media. I might be wrong on that, but you should, as a Watermark member, have access to Right Now Media and see if Mary Flo Ridley is in there. Her videos are awesome to yeah. watch. There's another one, another good resource for you, a God's Design for Sex uh, by Jones, and it's a series, and so it's kind of age-segmented out. And so it's like, you know, little, little kids and, and, and age-appropriate. Uh, what, what would it look like to have an age-appropriate conversation? You can just read that book, uh, or you can... Um, have those conversations based off of that. And that, that, those were really helpful for our kids. And we could just sit down. And so you want to be the expert, right? You want to know what you're talking about. It's not weird for you. It's God's domain. Yeah. yeah, this is good and healthy and right in the context of marriage, right? Let's, let's, let's remember that. You can ask any question you want, you know. Don't ever, even if you're scrambling inside, terrified, weird, don't ever let it show up on your face. <laughs> you're for, you're, you rehearse this. That is a great question. Right? That's the first thing that needs to come out of your mouth. I mean, thank you. Either that or thank you so much for asking me. Okay? And then you, you get your wits about you, and you can go in and have the conversation. When they say, I heard someone said vibrator today. What is that? Right? And you go, oh, my gosh. And you first say, man, that's a great question. Let's talk about that. Okay? Um, and, so, and if you get totally freaked out, you can say, hey, you know what? Can we pray? This is, that's a great question. Uh, let's pray before we have that conversation. Right? I mean, this is, we're going to, and God, remember that thing that, was, that you designed that was so important, and we want to we talk about that well. Would you help us talk about that? Thanks, man. Little Sally asked. That was oh, so good. Uh, will, you, will, you, uh, will you make sure this relationship always stays that way? Okay, so Sally, um, <laughs> you, you can have that, okay? Um, that, this is the alternative. If you don't tell them yeah. what it is, then, then who is? Yeah. yeah. Right? It's going to be pornography. It's going to be a friend. It's going to be somebody who's going to tell them what, what a vibrator is and what it's for. And so we, we'd love to be the ones that take that, but we wouldn't love to. But we, we would prefer to be the ones to have that conversation, find out about it. I, I know what they're going to hear, and I know they're going to get a right view of it instead of hearing it from somebody yeah. else. So this is like, th what this really is, this is like, uh, this is a half-day training class, right, um, that Scott and I are both, I've done ministry enough with Scott. Scott's dying, I'm dying. Um, there's like 20 more bullet points on all of these, and it, it just, it is what it is. So uh, let me give, let's get a few more thoughts on this. You want to bring Tyler up, and we can talk about, because I think dating is going to, or whoever, I'm sorry, Jason, uh, Jason, Jason, Jason is going to talk about. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things just on porn. Just remember that um, there, how you want to handle the confession, right, uh, piece. Uh, remember, this isn't just a guy's problem. Increasingly, I will tell you, uh, and re-engage, that's, it's kind of sometimes it's almost 50 50 with lots of women who are addicted to pornography so these are conversations you'll be having with your daughters and i know they're sweet and i know they play with dolls um and they don't they don't do the dumb stuff your boys do but you need to be on the front end uh, of this okay i think those books will help you uh, but again your daughters are sinners and your daughters are curious okay uh, it might be hard for you to believe, but that is absolutely uh, the case, okay? And so then uh, I, I want to let you know, I, I don't, um, when we say porn, you have in your mind, most of you have in your mind um, 
a man and a woman having sex in front of a fireplace, okay? Because that's kind of what your dad had or that's what you've seen. And I, I just want you to know, man, it is so much more dark and violent. Um, um, that I'll just leave it at that, okay? If you want, hey, give me an example. I'll give you examples that will make you throw up, okay? Um, that's probably just not even helpful. But just, just like whatever you think dark and violent is, like 10x that. 10x that, okay? And that's what's out there that they can see that fast. And it is not one man, one woman in front of a fireplace with no clothes on, I can assure you, okay? And so you do need to protect uh, your kiddos, okay? And the last thing I would just say on this, and Scott, you give you the last word, but um, parents, you, your own media consumption right, is saying a lot to your kids. And so what do you, uh, what do you say? Well, it's okay, it's okay. And mommy and daddy go see this film and they, uh, they you know, they, had, no, they, they were totally having sex and no clothes on. But it was just, it's like, it's, it's art. And so we're grown up and you're not, okay? Uh, you know, listen, I don't want to be a Pharisee and draw lines that aren't uh, clear, but I, I think you send mixed messages and I don't know that you've got credibility. Um, so, uh, what do you allow on your TV screen at home? What what goes on your browser? What do you allow? What are you allowed to click on before you have to confess? And I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Like, there's some things that I don't do or don't click on because, I, first, it's my love for God. Second, it's my love for my wife. And sometimes I'm still ready to go beyond that. And I know if I click on that, I'm going to have to tell my kids. I'm going to tell my boys. I don't... I, that I, I have to confess to them, and I don't want, I don't want to. I do when I mess up. Uh, when I mess up, I confess to them. I'm at the gym, and some girl is doing some bent over rows right in front of me in yoga pants that don't fit her. Uh, and I'm like, what? That, I think I just saw that. You know, do I want to look over there? And, and can I call my boys to purity? I don't know that I can, and I need to fight really, really well, okay? So you need to, for yourself, um, watch what you... Uh, watch, watch what you see, watch what you think, watch what you click on. Uh, and you need to train them to do the same. Okay, so sites are like plugged in. Right Before your kids go see a movie, read about it. Sit down. Is that appropriate for a Christian, for someone your age or just a Christ follower in general, to, to sit through that? Okay, let's talk about that. And, um, and my kids, will, they, they ask a movie. Uh, ask to go see a movie that's in, you know, in the uh, in the gray zone. Unless they've looked at, at plugged in, like don't even bother asking us because now we're training them to go back uh, and look at those. You go read it, tell me what it said, and then you come back and tell me what you think you should do, right? Because we're trying to train them uh, there. But parents, watch your own stuff, and um, uh, you know, yeah, uh, 20 of you in here are like totally in bondage, like 100%. It owns you. You're not dabbling with it. It owns you, and uh, a gift to give yourself to your spouse into your kids is to begin to get healing uh, for it. I'd show up at Regen, like, is it Monday nights here? I'd show up Monday. What Monday? Next Monday. Okay, walk in and, uh, and begin to get healing for that so that you can, with integrity, walk with your kids uh, through this, okay? Even in your brokenness, which is great, okay? Um, you need to do that, so, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, so two sides, John just had plugged in. Another one is called Common Sense. And so those are the same thing. If our kids want to go see a movie with their friends, they go read about it, then we discuss it. So check those out. Uh, the other thing that we're trying to do is we constantly keep our, our eyes and ears open for teachable opportunities. So we have, a, again, this goes back to the, it's not one convo. We have, a, we have a friend right now, a very close family friend, who 20 years ago um, 
uh, was inappropriately involved with with a with a basically with a minor, and so he was 21, she was 17, and uh, you know he got uh, received oral sex from her, and 20 years later, it's it's wreaking havoc in his life, and so we take that and we're talking to our kids about it. We don't put our head in the sand. We say, hey, this is a very good friend of ours who 20 years ago had five minutes of pleasure. And it is wrecking his world right now. And so let's think it, let's think about, count the cost here. And so that, that's what we do too. John, John just rattled off, honor God, honor wife, honor kids. And I go, man, I, I, is it worth it for me to look at something inappropriate for a minute of pleasure, a couple minutes of pleasure to, to please myself when here are the consequences? It dishonors God. It, it deeply wounds my wife. It wrecks in some ways my witness to my kids. And then I don't get to do day in and day out what I love being a marriage pastor. And so is it worth it just constantly telling your kids and lovingly shepherding them that, uh, that the short-term pleasure is not worth it? Count the cost. And then the last thing I'd say is just, you know, is the, is the age-appropriate conversation. Uh, my favorite memories with my kids, and this could be, this could be the worst but it's, it is that Passport to Purity weekend when we go away for a weekend and we talk about all the stuff. Okay, we're talking about girl parts, boy parts, masturbation, how God makes babies, how that works, all of that. And that, that sounds like uh, it could be a miserable experience. But we have built that up into such a fun weekend for our kids. And so we pick something really fun that they want to do. We go to a new part of the country. We put money towards it to make some memories. And then uh, I learned this from John. John, I, I love learning things from guys who are a couple years beyond me. And I've learned so much over the years. Uh, the only reason I'm a good parent is because I hang out with guys like Todd Wagner, uh, Bron Brown, John McGee, guys who are a couple, couple years uh, past me as a parent. And so when John did this and I started doing it with my kids, as I got all the, the influential role models in their life just to record a short video to speak truth into their lives. And so we're going away for a weekend to talk about penises and intercourse and masturbation, but along the way, they're getting spoken like words of life into them. And so their coaches, their small group leaders, guys in our community group are all breathing life into them as well. And we make it this, not this uh, awkward weekend to avoid, but something that they can't wait. And so my, my 11-year-olds can't wait till we get to go away for a weekend and talk about all that stuff. Awesome. And he, and he is uh, the age of, the, um, he is very curious. And so 11-year-old with about 50 times more questions than my 13-year-old twins. And so he's one that we're even going to do the weekend a little bit earlier because I'm really afraid of what's going to happen with him. And so, <laughs> so we're going to go have a great time, watch some college football, and, uh, and have guys who, who he looks up to speak life into him. And we're going to talk about things that that's just could be so awkward, but is really, really life-giving. Yeah. So. I mean, that's just, that's the beginning. Uh, that, that phrase we said with our kids every time we went through that. Hey, this is the beginning of lots and lots and lots of conversations uh, here. So uh, how do you want to spend the time? I would, yeah, do you guys want to come up? up? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would do that. Do you want to yeah. do, you want to do, well, let's ask the host. Jace, we didn't do dating. That's, we can, we can go five minutes. We can go. Three minutes on dating. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Mine are too young, so why don't you talk about that? Okay, great. One? So cut, let me let me start let me start out. by saying this. Uh, Todd Wagner, our senior pastor, who I mean, when we have like 
what kind of dad do we want to be? Todd is, is generally kind of, that, that's our starting place. He has a pretty strong opinion that you don't date uh, early, that you date when you understand that the purpose is for marriage and that this might be the one, okay? So you don't like date, like uh, to go try things out or to become uh, less socially awkward, any of, the, any of those kind of things. So that's pretty darn good advice, okay? Uh, that's where he lands. Things that, that are underpinnings of that is, hey, these are God's daughters. We treat them as such. We don't, we don't use people um, or relationships for our own self-interest. We always are putting uh, the interest of others uh, first. Everything that we do is supposed to glorify uh, and honor God. We're not supposed to awaken love before it's time, those type of things, okay? And that's where he's shaken out, but I want you to know that. Where we've shaken out is um, we are last to do all of that uh, stuff, but we want our kids, if we feel like they're halfway ready for somewhat... Uh, a relationship that's going to resemble dating, whatever they call it. Uh, we want that to happen in our house while we're here and not cut them loose at 22 and let them have their first, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, you know, off in uh, L.A. Uh, somewhere. Like, I, I, I would like to be a part of that. So we let our kids uh, do that. Um, there are some real specific guide rules. Like, hey, man, uh, and, and so our uh, oldest is a boy, and so before he goes picks him, uh, his little friend up that he has now. Um, there is uh, he has to tell dad, this is what my intentions. This is what I'm going to do, and uh, this is where we'll be, and this is what time uh, we're coming back. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Great. And so if he wants to do anything other than uh, sit next to her, um, he. They, that's a conversation. So if he thinks he's ready to kiss her, if he thinks he's ready uh, to hold her hand, any of that kind of stuff, then um, then we're going to have uh, all those conversations. And uh, we generally do play-by-play. You know, we break down the game film uh, after uh, he's with her. And, you know, so we're like, where, but where were you sitting? You know, and uh, tell him about the conversation. Look for some ways uh, to affirm him. But I want to be really, really involved uh, with him. And then we're just trying to tamp down the whole emotional enmeshment, right? Do you remember just what a emotional disaster you were in junior high and high school, okay? Not much has changed, uh, you know, and they have less social face-to-face interactions than you did. Uh, so you just need to jump in there, and we're trying to tamp uh, kind of all, all of that down. We're not trying, we don't say I love you, all right? We're not, we're not, saying, uh, we're not saying that until much, much later, okay? Uh, and then we're, um, you know, here's, and here's the deal. And I just told our kids, like, hey, I was a youth pastor, and I was in high school. Uh, I can't remember a single relationship. Let me say this again. I can't remember a single relationship where somebody started dating in high school and they loved Jesus more because of it. Okay? Do you hear me? Okay. Like, I'm telling you, I've got zero, zero examples to offer you. Okay? Um, now, can it be done, you know, theoretically? You know, could you walk through a minefield without getting blown up? Theoretically, that's possible, okay? Uh, and if you think you're ready, and I think this, this, uh, this boy is ready, uh, then we'll have, we'll have that conversation. And, uh, and I was like, dude, I, this can go lots of different ways. But at the end of this thing, you, she better love Jesus more than she did. And when her, if you guys don't get married, and you probably won't, uh, when you meet her husband, his first words need to be, I have heard about you. Thank you. Right. Anything else is not okay, bud. Is that, is that clear? Yeah. Okay. So 
Now let's talk about this. Let's walk through that, uh, have these conversations, praying for you, how did it go, those kind of things, okay? That, that's where we've shaken out, and we talk about this being God's daughter. We talk about not being selfish, putting other interests <coughs> before our own, not awakening love, all those kind of things. And so that, that is where uh, we are. If things get weird, if his grades dip, he's a jerk to his siblings, gone, done. You know, we, we lost her number and uh, you're not, you're not ever going to see her again. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Jesus, relationship with Jesus, tanks, uh, all those things. Okay. This is, uh, this is not a right. This is not, I don't care uh, how old you are. Um, this is, if, you, if you've got all your other uh, ducks in a row, um, then this is something you can add to the plate. And uh, we think you're ready and we think this could be good training, okay? Um, but we don't mess with people's hearts, and, and, but we can, you can go have fun, man. She's, she's, a, she's a gal that God's crazy about and is giving gifts. This is actually turns out a really super sweet gal. Um, go have fun. Go have fun, okay? Just don't do anything stupid that you wouldn't be afraid to, uh, to be recorded and showed to everybody. You good? Yep, yeah, we're good, okay? So that's, that's where we shake out on dating. There you go. Perfect. You good? That was less than five. But longer than, longer than three. Okay, there you go. All right, hey, so now we're going to enter just a time of... Uh... Which, that, that would be a great... Dude, that's four minutes. Um, there's a lot more there, and I'd encourage you to think through that, read about that. I think that the elders do uh, a talk on dating. Sure, they did. I think they did. Yeah. Um, they did. So email yes. Scott. He'll find yes. it for you. They did. Uh, we'll send I, that. Uh, they did something with... Um, Ron and David. Yes. So yes. there'll be some great, that'll be a much longer, that'll be, that'll be some great content, great content in there. So. That's awesome. Okay. Um, we're going to uh, spend some time now with some question and answer. And so uh, if you have a question that pops up in your mind, throw it up. We might not get to it, but we uh, thank you guys for sending some stuff in already. Uh, we're going to start off with some softballs here. And by the way, this is Drew Zala. Drew is our Drew. student uh, director here at Watermark. And so, uh, which makes him an expert in this field, right? So. <laughs> Um, okay, so for you guys who, who let your, your, your kids have social media, uh, if you did not have an account on that device or on that media already, did you get one? I probably would, yeah. I'd just follow and just, I'd figure out the platform and what's going on there. Yeah. Yep. That's I great. would. Um, do your, uh, so how do, you, how do you respond to your kid when they don't respond well to uh, biblical correction in these areas? That's another happens. softball. So. Never happened. Theoretically. Never happened, yeah. If it ever happened. If you yeah. said, hey, you know, listen, Duncan, here's what God says, and it would be, it would be Duncan. And uh, they're great. They're just, he's got identical twins who are anything but identical. It's really funny. Uh, so uh, this is what God says, and he goes, hey, I don't like that. So what? Who cares? So that's stupid. How do you handle that? Yeah, so that's... Uh, um, I mean, we're going to sit down. We'll talk about it. So tell me, and, you know, the, I think a great question is, um, you know, this is what I do with adults, too, who don't want to be, who don't handle correction well, is to say, uh, is to take their phone away for adults, too. No. Give me your phone. No, I mean, just show me, show me how what you're doing is, lines up with who we know God is and what his word would say about who Jesus Christ is and the way that you should act as a follower of Christ. And so just having a really honest conversation about it. And, uh, you know, that's the first thing is just where, where are you? Uh, show me. The onus, uh, the onus is on them to show me uh, where they're acting responsibly or irresponsibly. And so I'd put it in their court and say, 
Uh, tell me where you're falling short or where you're right or help me understand where I'm wrong. Uh, and then even before that, I just want to ask a lot of questions and, uh, and understand. Actually, I would say, so before I dive into the word and tell them, show me in the Bible where it says that, I'm just going to ask a ton of questions. Right? Tell, me, tell me what's going on. Help me understand what do you see that I'm not seeing. And, and then just like we do with any married couple, you know, we do speaker listener, we do active listening. That's what I'm do, doing with my kids is help, help me as your dad to understand because I'm really confused right now and I'm not seeing it. And so we want to come to, you know, the Proverbs 18.2, uh, um, uh, a fool speaks without understanding. A fool, I, basically. It, the, not you, delight. And oh, shoot, if you wouldn't have butchered it, I yeah, had it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> delight and understanding, but only. Yeah, I mean, the air, goal is, is, is understanding. It's mutual understanding. And so I want him mutually, I want him to understand me, I want to understand him, and then uh, if he's acting outside of God's will, then I'll go show me, show me in the word where you're, uh, uh, tell me what I'm missing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, two things. One, uh, I think a lesson I've learned as a parent is not to try to lock down a battle of a wills and win in the moment. Uh, sometimes it is just detrimental. So I can win, I can end up winning that battle and lose the war. And um, so if I've got a kid who's just stubborn, hard-hearted, is not having it right now, everything in me was like, oh, no, no, like, lock the door, sit down, big guy, because you better pack a lunch. It's, we're going to be here all day until you, until you repent. And, uh, and I, found, I found it's better just to say, you know what, pal, I, I, feel, I mean, I'm just be honest. I'm not trying to be condescending, but you just don't feel very open to this stuff right now, and I think there's some stuff. Uh, we use Matthew 7 a lot, have a log in your own eye, you know, get that out before you... Uh, go try to help someone else get the log or the speck out of their own eye. Um, I think you got a log in your eye. I just don't think you see it. So um, you seem real frustrated right now, and I want to have this conversation. It just doesn't feel really productive right now. So tell you what, uh, let's have this conversation tonight. Let's have it tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to pray because I might be a part of the problem too, And uh, but we do the same. And, uh, and then we'll get back together, and we'll both be at our best, and we'll have this conversation. That has proven to be a much better uh, tact uh, for me. And then, again, as Scott said about asking the questions, uh, there's one of my kiddos who's, like, this awesome kid. I mean, just awesome kid. Um, but just feels a little more withdrawn and sullen uh, right now. And part of me wants to just launch into him and go, dude, like, where's the joy of the Lord? Like, blah, 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 you know. And uh, here's how I'm going to start the conversation. Hey, will you just let me in? Man, I'm your dad. I love you. I, I don't know if something's going on. It feels like it. Can you just talk to me? Okay, that's my opening salvo uh, with that child that will probably happen in the next three days. And um, that has proven to be way more productive than me launching in uh, to them and, and uh, whacking them with a Bible verse. Okay? Hey, John, I want to add one thing. Because where students are at, like in high school, they're, they're deciding if they're going to own their faith or not. Uh, culture is continually giving them pretty convincing reasons for why, um, like take pornography, for example, why that's normal and natural. And so they're hearing those messages. And so they may be asking you, really, like, help me understand why this is wrong. And so the scripture says, train up a young man in the way that he should go. And when he has grown, he will not depart from it. And so part of that might just be, Assuming that they are hearing these cultural messages, and you're going to have to be able to come with them and counsel them biblically and see why this will lead to life and that will lead to death. Good. Yeah, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. 
or airing. Yep. So I don't, I don't want to be the person who's just a fool. And I want to express, here's what I believe. Here's what you need to hear. I want to take time to understand. If you don't hold the bottom of the microphone, anyway, let's see where the receiver is. So that, that segues into this. So um, uh, this question. Thank you. Uh, what does the Bible say about masturbation, and how do we teach our kids about that? Uh, okay, so um, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of its might is not a verse that allows you to masturbate. Okay, so, um, so, the, so the Bible does not, there is no passage in the Bible on masturbation. And so here, here's what we tell pre-marrieds all the time. Okay, one, uh, can you masturbate without lusting? And so Matthew 5, 27 through 30, you know, if you lust, you're essentially, it's the equivalent of, of committing adultery in your mind. And then can you do it to the glory of God? So 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And so can you masturbate without lusting? Can you masturbate to God's glory? The answer is no on both of those. And so that express that helps uh, guide what I believe about masturbation. And then, and then essentially it just breeds selfishness. And so if I'm, if I'm just concerned about taking care of myself, you know, and eventually when, when I'm married, uh, as, you know, as a young man, if I'm just going to please myself, it breeds selfishness. And then I get married, and then I, then I realize that, um, you know, a man or woman, it's a lot easier to take care of myself than to serve my spouse. And so we just tell, you know, I'll tell my kids and I'll tell uh, young pre-married couples, newly married couples, you are breeding selfishness. And there's honestly no place in marriage for selfishness. We're supposed to be one with each other, not selfish. And so, you know, it's not, it is not the um, unforgivable sin. Uh, it, it's a big deal. It's not the only deal. And, um, and so we, we end up talking about it quite a lot with, with my kids. And then with pre-married couples, with married couples, it breeds selfishness. And, and it's really difficult to do to God's glory. I don't so, think you can. With gals, too, don't just think boys uh, when you hear that. Okay, and so there's um, uh, Callie Nixon just did her testimony at a women's event uh, in Dallas. You could find that audio, did an awesome job, which will be, I think, really insightful, right? So you walk in, you know, and little Timmy is masturbating. Okay, how do you handle that? Okay, I, I suggest you don't yell and scream and say, what the heck are you doing, you pervert, okay? Uh, because little Timmy then will figure out a way to hide that and not let you sure in, in talking to you about that, okay? So, hey, bud. So it walked in on you. I mean, it's awkward. I, I get it. You know, uh, can we talk about that? Okay. Um, hey, I want you. That felt feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I know. I want you to know. I know all all about masturbation. I did it as uh, when I was your age. Um, but remember how we've been talking about how this is part. All all things sexually are part of God's great design for marriage. Like that thing that felt so good. You're only supposed to share that with uh, your wife, and it's kind of worth. Uh, saving. Does, does that make sense? Okay. Everything Scott said, you know, and listen, but like, I get it. I get, I get it. I really do. And, um, but I think, I think there's a better way and I think you're going to be more disciplined and I think you're going to, you're going to enjoy marriage much more if you'll discipline yourself. Okay. And I if think you do it again. And then, and the last thing, like, uh, so wet dreams is like, you know, uh, what, how do you handle wet dreams? Look your boys in the eye. Hey, listen, if you wake up in the middle of the night, morning and 
you've had a wet dream, okay? A, you're not dying, okay? Nothing, nothing, nothing uh, uh, you're going you're gonna to live, okay? And B, it's called a wet dream. Here's, here's how that happens. Here's why that happens. Mom knows all about it. I've, I've let her in. She's never had this, but she gets it. And so if that happens, just tell her. She'll, she'll uh, wash your sheets while you're at, uh, at school. Change them, put them up. It's all good. We good? We're good. Great. Okay. Better, you don't better want yet, you throw your sheets in the washing machine and do them yourself. And you, don't even, you don't even have to tell mom. And we I'm preparing well, you for college. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, we told them, we told them, we got you. Like, we, we got you. And uh, there's no weird shame in that. Yeah, and then you do ask. You know, the, other, uh, the only question you ask is, what are you feeding your brain? Yeah. That, that leads to that. That's the only question that, that I would ask. Other than that, same thing. We've had, again, I've learned that from John on how to handle that really well. And so are you feeding yourself anything that's potentially leading you to have a wet dream at yeah. night? Yeah. Sexual sin is, an, is a really good opportunity to teach grace because grace is such a counterintuitive concept. I mean, our hearts are so hardwired to think in terms of performance. And s- sexual sin heaps on guilt and shame like no other sin. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against himself. And what that's saying is sexual sin is unique because it cuts at our identity in ways that no other sin does. And so whenever they're, they're struggling with masturbation, they're struggling with pornography, there's an opportunity to step in there and, and to show them grace and to explain grace because they have a more real awareness of their sin and their need, like the fact that they deserve to be punished and the fact that they have an unclean record and they're having a desire deep down intrinsically that they can't quite articulate to be cleansed. And there is an opportunity to come in with some gospel truth, like a verse that I would encourage you to memorize would be Jeremiah 33, 8, that says, I have cleansed you of all of the guilt of your sin, and I have forgiven you all of the guilt of your sin and rebellion against me. And just an opportunity to step in there and show them that they are forgiven. And that is a powerful age that you can begin yeah. to do that. Like we're, good. like, we're good. You and I are good, and you're good with God. Right. Is he disappointed? Is he mad? Listen, God saved no wrath for you. He took it all out on his son. He didn't save a little piece to take out on you. Now, you're good. He loves you. He died for this. You know, now let's walk in obedience. But you made grace to you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so kind of a follow-up question to that. So what if, uh, so what if mom catches son or dad catches daughter? Do, do they handle that or do they wait for the other spouse to handle that? How does that work? I just, I just would just depend. Um, um, let's see. I would, both of my daughters, I would, Pam would probably defer to me on the guys. That's how we'd handle it. But you could, you could draw the configuration a hundred different ways to just know your kid, know your marriage. And, uh, but I think it's, it'd be a, in some cases it'd be appropriate. Some, you might just need to understand your kiddo. So, so what if, uh, what if the dad catches his son? Does he tell his wife yeah. what's going on with their sure. son? Sure. Or vice versa, daughter. Sure. Why? Yeah, I wouldn't. Keep, I, went this. I don't want mom to know. Yeah, I mean, Pam is so. A, we're one as a married couple. I don't sit on information that I don't feel free to tell Pam ever anything. Don't tell me something you don't want my wife to know. Okay. Um, and then two, that's she's. He's not just my son, right? He's her son, and uh, that's part of the provision and the protection that God's put together for this this child is both of us. I don't somehow know. Uh, 
intuitively what to do uh, exclusively because I have the same body parts as my son. She has insights, like wicked, like uh, this is what drives this kid. This is what motivates this kid. This is what makes him mad. This is what makes him fearful. This is why he does what he does, insights, um, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, his fastball is getting like, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like more intuitively tuned into. Mom needs to be a part of all of this, right? Whether she sits down and has a conversation with him or not, she's absolutely part of God's provision uh, for him. That's good. And, vi- and vice versa. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. So kind of the more technology out here, are there any apps or certain social media that you'd encourage or completely disallow altogether? Yeah. I, I, we, we talked about this, like we just probably weren't going to jump into uh, Tinder. <laughs> I wouldn't let my uh, my junior high boy have Tinder. That's good. Right that would be one. Uh, you know, so yeah, it, it, it sounds funny, but like a dating app. Dude, if I was a junior high boy, I'd download a dating app and create a fake profile and see what happened. Wouldn't you? I would. Right? So no, you don't get dating apps, you know, and, uh, and some things. But beyond that, I would just, uh, you know... I, we just didn't want to get too much into specifics. And so if you want to have some conversations, uh, oh, oh, this is great. Uh, Scott Miller, I got a re- great resource for you. Um, his, his email is on the bottom. This guy, you got, you talk about value. Those that left early, they don't know this. So you get, here's the payoff, okay? Techhelp at watermark.org. This is like a real thing. This is real. You got a tech-related question about your family or your kids. Send an email there. And Scott Miller or someone in our IT team will respond to you thoughtfully. They are tech wizards. Are you kidding me? Okay. I don't know what like, that... Like what? Like how do I set the settings on my iPhone yes. so there's a restriction? Right. So like I think you're, if you have young kids, you need to be setting... You need to go into your restrictions on um, in Safari, Andy, on the, phone, on the phone and the app store, everything, and set it like at four, right? That will... And if they have Safari, that will knock out so many different things. They won't be able to delete their history, all those kind of things. If that makes no sense to you, email, Okay. <laughs> Any of those kind of things. It's an amazing gift. I mean, this guy's got a, got a heart to serve our body. And uh, so take advantage of that. That's probably more than answering specifics. I can't beat that. Um, what is so, uh, us as parents, we struggle too. We have a past as well. What's the balance in sharing appropriate uh, in depth of our struggles, both currently and in the past? Do you want that? Yeah, I mean, my, here's what my kids know. Again, it's age appropriate when, when my um, kids are not five and six. I'm not telling them about my past, but as they've gotten older, I've told them, uh, your dad has a really, really dark sexual past. Okay, was looked at porn at a young age. I was sexually active. Uh, I hurt women in the way that I treated them and took advantage and put my needs before their own. And so they, they know that as a, as a way, one, just so that you're seeing... God's incredible grace to, to Drew's point. I mean, I, I'm a new creation. I am not the person I was when I was 13 years old and 17 years old and 22 year old. And, and so I want my kids to see the power of God. So that's probably the biggest thing. John always encouraged me. My, my first book could have been titled uh, From Porn Pusher to Premarried Pastor is my testimony in a sentence. Peas are powerful. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, so I want my kids to see that there's a, there's a, that, that God can change anything in anyone. Yeah. 
And then, and then I want them to know that that even though God has changed me, there's not uh, there there are to Drew's point, First Corinthians six eighteen, there are consequences to my sexual sin, and so I'm I am pleading with you, just trust your dad who loves you and cares for you deeply. I don't want you to have the same story that I have. I don't want you to have the same uh, sins in the past, and so I'm going to encourage you greatly to make some different decisions that that, that yeah. I've made. So I, I haven't shied away from. They don't know details. They don't know names. They don't need that. They just know dad has made a lot of really bad decisions and God is so much bigger. Age appropriate, right? And just don't, you don't want to, you don't want to weigh them down with something yeah. uh, that's not appropriate for them. And uh, Corey, you can look it up, Corey Tim Boom and what a sex sin. With, she asked a question with her dad. I think that's a really good uh, metaphor. So, it's awesome. Um, uh, and so uh, we're just, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, and so thank you guys for texting stuff in. And, and here's what we would say to just kind of to wrap up the night. Um, in talking about these things with your kiddos, uh, having a relationship with them is key. And so if we don't have a relationship with our kids, uh, what we say about this, they're not really going to care as much. And it's not really going to fall on good soil. And so having that relationship with key, have these conversations continue. Like Scott said, hey, start, this is, you know, when they're three, they're four, you're talking about their body parts and what that, and that continues to develop over time. Passport to purity that they mentioned time after time after time again is an incredible resource uh, for you guys in order to what it looks like to talk about uh, these things with your kids. Um, and remember, each kid is different. So what works on your first son won't work on your second son, and it's different timing and different, you know, this and that and the other. But uh, the reality is that Scripture always works, and, and being rooted in grace always works. And so to remind yourself of that. Um, if you haven't had, con- maybe you have older kids in the room, and you haven't had these conversations, and you're like, is it too late? No, it is never too late to have these conversations, okay? Uh, so pursue your kids well and what that looks like. And then uh, lastly, they said this several times, but just to reiterate this, we have to model this. First Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, All right? And so for us to be able to go before the Lord uh, and, and to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I am following the Lord wholeheartedly and there is no hurts, habits, or hangups that are in my life that would prevent me from leading my child in purity, right? And so that is step one for sure. Um, and so we are going to follow up. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. It's going to be Brittany that's going to be sending you guys an email. And uh, she's awesome. And so there will be some resources on there. There will be some, we're going to actually send you guys some community group uh, questions that you guys can dialogue with with those that you do life with uh, to help facilitate this. Because this is not just a, okay, one and done, you know, type, type training or type conversation with your kids or with each other. We're continuing to learn and to get better what that looks like. Because I'm going to tell you what, the apps that are today we're not, are not going to be the apps in two years. The things that, that are tripping up kids today is not going to be what's tripping them up in five years, ten years. It's going to continually change. And us as parents, we have to continually be learners of what our kids are dealing with on a day-in and day-out basis so that we can best love them, uh, come alongside them, and pray for them and encourage them uh, as they battle this. And so, um, yeah. Can I get get one more comment? So, uh, one, this is a very live conversation for Kristen and me right now. Um, We have the tendency not not to discount anything we've said, but I, I've watched Kristen uh, freak out to a different level with sexual sin than other sin. And so one of my, you know, if one of my kids is typed in a wrong word in the computer, she's ready to, we need to pull the phone, they need to do this, they need to do that. And she is on it, 
Okay, but then I've got another one, a younger kid who is misbehaving in school, who is uh, being disrespectful to teachers, and somehow we're, you know, somehow the, the phone sin is elevated over the behavior sin. And so I don't want to discount anything we've said tonight, but it's not just a phone issue. And so it, this forces really good conversations as parents. And so I don't care how well they're doing on their phone if they still treat another human being like, uh, like they're less than. And so I'm not just parenting my kids on technology and sex. I'm parenting on this is how you treat other human beings. This is how you respect the authorities in your life. This is how you respond to a teacher. And so um, I, I think there's, and I know that we're not the first time that's happened where we just freak out over sexual sin, but then we're okay with them doing other things that are uh, not honoring God as well. And so make sure you're dealing with all of it, not just the sexual sin. Yeah. yeah. Your kids will look at porn. Okay, your kids will look at porn. That's not. That's really not up for debate. And the question is, how are you going to handle it when it happens? And maybe even more importantly, how are you going to ha- handle it before? God's placed you. He had, a di- he had a plan for your kids to become disciples. Before the beginning of time, he thought about your kids, and he said, I want these kids to love me, to understand my commands, obey them, and love me. That's what I want for these kids. His plan A was you. That's his first line of defense. That was this, the best idea God could come up with was you. And so the stakes are high. And anytime I'm doing something that matters deeply, I, I do so with a deep confidence that God, God's going to be with me. And that I'm doing something that matters to God. Surely, uh, uh, Matthew 28, he's going to be with me to the very end of the age. He is with me in this endeavor. And I'm going to plead and pray and look for uh, his help. But I am God's plan A for my kids. You're God's plan A uh, for your kids. Okay? It's an amazing opportunity. Uh, but do make the most because it's going to be over that fast when that clock hits zero. Okay? Super proud of you guys for coming out tonight. Yeah, let's pray. Um, Father, <laughs> it's like a, a ton of emotions. This is really exciting. And it's also completely terrifying, overwhelming. We just want to go fetal. And our only play is just to throw ourselves at your feet and just say, God, we need your help. You love our kids. As much as we love our kids, and we do, we do anything for them. You've already done everything for them. So it gives us great comfort that you love our kids more than we do. And so would you help us teach them to understand your commands, to obey them, and to love you? More than anything else, more than good grades, good sports, uh, relationships, or anything, would you help us do that? We want them to leave our home with a deep, deep love for you. And so would you help us then tactically and tangibly navigate all this stuff? And would you put us in small groups that can help us give us wisdom? Would you help us? Would, you, would we learn how to, to listen to your promptings when we think something's a bit off? Would we lean into that and see that as just your kindness and goodness to us? Um, but Father, help us make the most of this really, really short window uh, of 18 years or less with our kids, and uh, help us help us hear good and well done, good and faithful uh, servant um, for this season. In Christ's name, Amen.